Heyo! Welcome to the very first episode of Back Alley Alchemist. In this podcast, we'll be talking about folklore, history, spooky stuff, uh, any combination of those things. Strange folk history as well. I haven't come up with a proper introduction yet, so that's what you get for now. Today, I would like to talk about vampires. Not vampires in general, not vampires as a as a monster or type of monster. I think we all have a general idea of how vampires are in like overall. And the history of vampires is something that I would like to get into at some point or another. The way that the tales of them and the mythology and the just general idea of them has evolved over the centuries. That would be an interesting topic. But today, I'm talking about my favorite vampire. The possibly the very first recorded vampire of a female nature from the Europe area, the European region. She's from Ireland. This story really resonates with me uh, because it is a telling of the way that we are changed and forever altered by our experiences in life, about how what we go through makes us who we are. And sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. Trauma, for example, can make a dick of us all, if you know what I mean. And it also touches on the vilification of victims, how sometimes if someone is a victim of something terrible, they come out a little messed up and they're seen as just a monster. It's something about society that seems to have always existed, and it's really good that there's a lot of information and awareness being spread around right now. And I don't know, maybe it's a bit of a stretch. Maybe I'm choosing to see that in this story, but that's what stories are for. Speaking of which, I will preface this story with a bit of a trigger warning. Um, There are mentions of domestic abuse, physical violence. Sexual abuse is implied, but I don't directly mention it. Um, I try to be as vague as possible. I don't want to go into full descriptions about things like this, but as long as you know that it's It's in there, so you can be prepared for it if you still choose to listen. There's also... It could also be triggering for people with eating disorders, or... uh, There's... And there's also mention of self-harm and the unaliving of oneself. Once again, I try to be respectful to the listeners. I don't go into full detail. It's just important to the story. If that's going to bother you, I'm not going to be offended or hurt in any way if you choose not to listen to this episode. It's... I just want everyone to be comfortable. I don't want to make anyone (laughs) unhappy with my stories, you know. But, with all that said and done, I would like to finally jump into the story of... The There's a Do. To be fair, I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce her name. It's an old Irish name, from what I gather. Uh, there are several different pronunciations. I'm going to go with Derjadu, because I like it the most. 
The Derja Du is a terrifying and infamous monster with a tragic origin, which is remembered throughout Ireland to this day. The name is pronounced, like I said, I think Derja Du, perhaps Daragudua, Darajudua, Derja Du, Derja. There's a do. There you, there you do. No, no offense. Um, it's in Irish, and translated, it means red blood sucker. Hence the uh, vampire thing. The story goes that she was a woman who lived around 2,000 years ago. This woman was incredibly beautiful, recognized far and wide for her blood red lips and silver blonde hair. Just the pinnacle of beauty at the time. Just got that beauty standard all day. More magnetic than her legendary beauty, however, was her pure heart. She was beloved by all for her kindness and gentle spirit, bringing joy and light to everyone around her. She is now remembered for what she eventually became, rather than for who she was. So her name in life is no longer spoken or remembered. Her tale is known to many, and the people of Ireland have recalled the terror that she now brings, and the tragedy which birthed her, but her name has disappeared from memory. The legends say that this now nameless, beautiful, and innocent woman fell in love with a peasant in her village, who was as kind and beautiful as she. Unfortunately for the hopeful young lovers, his station in life was that of an impoverished and lowly farmhand. The woman was born to noble blood so it was unthinkable that she would be wed to a filthy stable boy of ignoble birth. It's fucking disgusting, you know? How could you, you love a poor person? That's insane. How could she be expected to start and support a respectable home and family with a man who has not even a penny to his name? Unthinkable. Unthinkable. When her father found out that she had fallen in love with this peasant... He acted quickly to ensure his daughter's hand in marriage to a man more worthy of her. Now, this man was unfortunately much older than she was, and he was said to have been very ugly. But what's far, far worse than that is that he was extremely cruel. Not a good dude. The father was pleased with his arranged pairing, and was satisfied with the wealth that came along with his daughter's new husband. Money mar marries money, you know so everyone can have more money. It's just how it goes, obviously. He paid no attention to the horrible things that his daughter was forced to endure behind closed doors. Her husband was violent, controlling, and mean-spirited. He'd curse at her, call her names, control her every move, and would even beat her when she had failed to please him. This man was a monster, found personal satisfaction when his violence drew blood from her pale, unblemished skin. No, nothing like leaving your mark, you know? Beautiful white canvas, you just splatter some red on there, you know? And she would come and she would speak to her father and complain and cry and be like, dude, this guy sucks, he's hitting me. And he'd see it and he'd do nothing about it. He'd just tell her to be a good wife, shut her mouth, just accept it. That's that's her life now. And it, she would meet with her old lover, or try to, and try to communicate with him. But once she was married, he quickly moved on, found himself a new, a new lover, a new wife, someone that he could 
be with in a socially acceptable way. And so everyone that she loved and trust had turned her turned their back on her, you know? But her her beauty was being scarred and destroyed with each strike that her husband laid upon her. And his need for control and his unbridled jealousy eventually led him to lock her away in a tower where no one could see her, no one could touch her, and no one could speak to her. This part of the story reminds me a lot of Rapunzel, honestly, being locked away in a tower at the behest of an evil person, um, longing for her young lover. I wonder if there's a connection to that story. When her husband came to her in her room at the top of the tower, he would just hit her and hurt her even more, and the power that he had over her intoxicated him. He grew ever more violent and ever more vicious as time went on. The woman waited a month after month after month while she prayed in the cold darkness of her prison tower for someone to come and save her. She hoped that her handsome peasant lover that she had spent so much time with in her youth, which really wasn't that long ago at this point, uh, that he would come looking for her and would scale the walls and save her. But like I said, he had moved on, he'd found himself a suitable wife, and he never came. The hope that she kept waiting for him managed to keep her spirit from falling for quite a while, but eventually she realized that no one was coming to rescue her. In the lowest depths of despair, she realized that she would never be free from her horrible husband, or her horrible life, so long as she lived. And so she took her own life. Death was the only place where he could no longer touch her, hurt her, spill her blood. While she was locked away, however, she had no means of making her suicide quick. There was no weapons, no rope, nothing. Nothing she could use to actually get the deed done. And so the only way for her to cause her own death was to starve herself. So each day when she was given her small ration of food, she would hide it all away rather than eat it. Doing this day after day, she slowly deteriorated, died of starvation and malnutrition. It is said that in those final days, before she finally succeeded in her long, painful suicide, she, she'd grown hateful, was overcome with thoughts of vengeance. Like, who wouldn't be? I'd be pissed. Her soul had been tarnished with rage, desperation, so her spirit, inside of her still-living body, was transforming into a monster before her death. It was custom in those days to lay rocks upon the new graves of those who had died so that their bodies would not rise and walk the earth again. The townspeople had not done this for the young woman when she was laying to rest because they believed her to be pure of heart. The last time anyone had seen her, she was. She was useful, happy, newly wed to a rich man. Why would that have changed? The night that she was supposedly put to rest in her grave, and everyone walked away from the funeral, uh, she rose from the earth as a vicious monster that dares to do. She was fueled by anger, sorrow, the need for revenge, memories of her suffering and the blood that stained her porcelain skin in those months before she died. Her 
her dead body, her monstrous new visage, who she now was, her tainted spirit, couldn't remember who she used to be. There was not even the smallest spark left of that loving, sweet girl that she was. So when she was pulled back to the earth by her overwhelming need for retribution, she wandered through the city in the dark, and she found her father's home, and she killed him. After ripping his throat out, she drank every last drop of blood that came from his body. She had had her first taste of revenge and her first taste of blood. When she went from there to her husband's home to find him without sorrow or remorse in her passing, she took her bloody vengeance upon him as well. According to the tales, each time she satisfied her need for revenge and drank the blood of the one who wronged her, she grew more alive and found within her even more strength. So she continued to wander the night to find more blood to drink, so she continued to stay strong and to walk the earth. In some stories, after destroying her horrible, cruel husband, she then went to her ex-lover, the peasant, going to his home and slaughtering him and his wife. Uh, he, he did her dirty too, you know? But now she's doomed to wander the night, committing horrible acts of violence to those that she finds while trapped alone in her painful memories. It's said that she drains and drinks the blood of innocence, but particularly that of young men. Fancy that, she has a preference for killing people uh, similar to those that uh, abandoned and hurt her. Weird. Uh, she has also been known to feed on children. It's said that she sings a haunting song through the hills at night that calls people to her and entrances them so that they're easy prey. Sort of like a siren song, I think. Something like haunting and beautiful that makes their brain go dumb so they can't they won't even think to run away from her. Her voice is otherworldly and enchanting, just as her beauty had been in life. When she lured her victims to her and sedated them with her song, she tears the flesh from their throats with her teeth and feeds on their blood. For centuries following the birth of the legend of the Dergedu, unexplained deaths and disappearances would be blamed on her. It was believed that if a child fell mysteriously ill and died, it was because they had heard her song and were cursed by her. The people of Southeast Ireland have known the dangers of wandering alone in night for a very long time, and children especially are told to take heed of the ancient tortured vampire. The Dergedu is the first popular example of a female vampire to originate in Ireland, or the surrounding area, and it is hypothesized that her legend gave birth to the vampire stories that came later. Many have noticed parallels that suggest that Bram Stoker was in some way influenced by her story when he wrote Dracula, although he was likely more influenced by the story of a Bartok. Not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. That is... another Irish vampire. It's a dude, though. He... Oh. Sorry about that. Brain farted. Anyway. Her gravesite is said to be located in a churchyard in Waterford County, Southeast Ireland. I'd say if you find yourself in the area visiting, um, if you find a weird looking grave, 
So put some rocks on there. Probably any old rock will do. Maybe keep her from uh, c coming for you. Anyway, that's that's the story of the Dare to Do, and how you can turn a beautiful and sweet, lovely young woman into possibly the gnarliest creature you could think of, at least for the time. We've come up with some pretty nasty things by now. I'm not sure if there's a comment feature on here, but if you're listening to this and you liked the story, I'd love to hear your thoughts, see if you, uh, Agree that there's a weird likeness to Rapunzel. See if you agree that it's a weird metaphor for how we treat victims. Ahem. <clears throat> you know? As in, ignoring their pleas for help. Stuff like that. Most of this was taken directly from the article that I wrote, which I've posted on medium.com under my account name, Yamina Hradvitnir, which is the same as my Patreon, where I post all the links to all of my articles as I write them, and I will be posting the links to these podcasts and any other media that I create concerning the folklore history research and stuff like that, and that my username on those things is Yamana Radvitnir, Y-A-M-U-N-A-H-R-O-D-V-I-T-N-I-R. You can also find me on TikTok at... Ali Alchemy. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram under Yami Vargir, Y-A-M-I-V-A-R-G-R. I'm always down to talk to people about stuff, bounce ideas off of each other. Let me know if you have any questions or comments, because I have no idea what I'm doing and I love uh, constructive criticism, unless it makes me mad. Good night, nerd. Mm -hmm.